a bionic hand with multi-touch sensory feedback. That's our textination in this interview. I'm Fred Fishkin, and joining us from a company called Psionic, E-S-Y-O-N-I-C, is CEO and founder, Dr. Adil Akhtar, who has led the team developing the Ability Hand. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Akhtar. It's my pleasure to be here. So tell us, there it is, for those of you who are watching this, tell us about the Ability Hand and how yeah. it's different from what's been out there. Yeah, so when we started designing the Ability Hand, um, we had several things in mind that we wanted to, to address uh, with respect to the needs of the users. And the first, uh, uh, the first and foremost was that we built this hand to be super robust, right? We were hearing from so many patients and clinicians that you know their like $100,000 hand was breaking all the time. And so we wanted this thing to be built to last. And so uh, we make our fingers out of a flexible silicone and rubber. And that gives it um, impact resistance. So we've done push-ups on it. We've broken boards with it. Um, most recently, um, I actually arm wrestled a paratriathlete national champion who uses an ability hand. Um, and unfortunately for me, he beat me. Uh, but uh, the, the hand was able to uh, withstand all the forces that arm wrestling takes. So that was, um, that was huge. Um, it's also the fastest bionic hand in the world. Um, it, it, users have always been complaining that, you know, their prosthetic hands have been too slow. So we wanted to make sure that it was uh, very quick for them to control and uh, change grips very easily. And then finally, it's the first hand on the market to give users touch feedback. And so one of our patients is a you know, US Army sergeant who lost his hand in Iraq. And when he holds his daughter's hand, he can actually feel it. And again, that's uh, something that no other prosthetic on the market can do. That's amazing. So tell us the story behind it, the how and why you got into this. Yeah. So the whole idea for this really started when I was actually seven years old. My parents are from Pakistan and I was uh, visiting and that's the first time I met someone with a limb difference. And she was my age, missing her right leg and using a tree branch as a crutch living in poverty. So that's what inspired me to go into this field. And we found that, you know, back home in the U.S., we have similar issues with access to prosthetic limbs. And um, one of our first patients here in the U.S., who I mentioned, um, U.S. Army Sergeant Garrett Anderson, um, he uses a hook on a daily basis, and we wanted to upgrade him to the 21st century. And so uh, we'd been working with him and several others and uh, to get to the point where we're at now to have this ability hand uh, available to uh, patients across the entire United States and covered by Medicare. Well, that's one of the things you've tried to bring some new affordability to this as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, bionic hands that have this kind of functionality where you can move all five fingers, um, they have historically um, not been covered by insurance companies. And um, usually only about 10% of them went through, whether you were in the military or if you had a workplace accident. And by getting it covered under Medicare, we've expanded that access to about 75% of patients can now afford an advanced bionic hand in the U.S. Obviously, it's not an inexpensive thing to design and, and manufacture. Tell us, uh, tell us about the, the costs involved and the work that went into this to be able yeah. to achieve this. Yeah. And so, you know, from the from the start, we wanted to design something that was was not only just more robust and, and had more features and everything else, but would also be covered by Medicare because we knew how big of an issue accessibility was for these types of devices. And we're able to um, uh, 
you know, we, we kind of had to like think outside of the box, like how could we leverage, you know, technologies like 3D printing that could reduce the cost, but still make them in a very robust way. And we realized that by doing things like instead of 3D printing the hand itself, but 3D printing molds and using injectable silicone and, and rubber that's low cost, we could uh, reduce our cost by a third of what our competitors um, used to build their um, devices, you know, with, with them using injection molding and like custom machine steel. And because of that, we we're able to hit that Medicare price point. And this is connected. Tell, tell me about it. Uh, can, uh, you, connected. You, yeah, you have, you have a, this is a, has Bluetooth in it yes. and can get over the air updates. Tell, tell me about it. Exactly. So, um, we have a, an app on both iOS and Android and it communicates over Bluetooth to the hand. So um, if you uh, if we have new grips or new features in the hand, we can actually upgrade it the same way you would upgrade your phone, uh, essentially the software on your phone through an over the air update. Um, and uh, we've got, um, you know, uh, like I said, mentioned uh, different grips that you can do. So here's like what we call our tickle grip, right? Uh, and so that's something that was brand new that we uh, just developed, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And so all of our users can just download that from their app and then they can get that uh, grip to use on their uh, on their hand. Truly, truly amazing. So tell us what it what does it cost if, if someone were looking to to purchase one? Obviously, yeah, it's so, not inexpensive. Yeah. And so. Um, uh, depending on where your insurance goes, um, I mean, the, the cost of the hand is somewhere between 10 to 20,000, but, uh, and that's usually uh, a price point that Medicare will cover. And that was really, like I said, that was really important for us to get that Medicare coverage. To the user though, it's whatever their copay is. So it's, um, you know, it, it could be a couple hundred dollars out of pocket um, or, um, or, or less than that. So tell me about the availability, where people can go for this. Obviously they have to be working through uh, a facility or a doctor, correct? Um, yeah, so they have to get it. It's a it's an FDA registered medical device, so they have to get it prescribed from their physician. But they'll typically work with um, a clinician known as a prosthetist. They've gone through two years of uh, a master's program to uh, learn how to fit these devices to patients and de uh, develop sockets that are molded to their residual limbs. And we work with the pros their prosthetist. So the prosthetist will design the socket and then we will fit the hand to the socket that the prosthetist um, designs on the patient. How does the feeling aspect of this work? How are you able to connect this to the brain? Yeah, and so um, when we think about bending our elbow or moving our, our, our fingers, uh, muscles in your forearm are actually um, still firing. So especially the ones that are um, uh, moving the fingers, right? So if I lost my hand right below my elbow, um, then uh, if I was trying to move my fingers or make a fist or bend my wrist, you still have those muscles activated in your forearm by your elbow. And so we can pick up on those muscle signals. So when your brain is saying like, you know, make a fist, then um, we can pick up those muscle signals in your residual limb and make the hand do the same thing. And as for the touch feedback in the fingertips, we have um, six pressure sensors in the pinky, the, uh, the index finger and the thumb. And then when you touch those, um, the user will feel a vibration um, on their residual limb and that will allow them to know when they've come into contact with an object, how hard they're pressing and when they've let go of that object as well. 
So right now it's just a vibration, but we can actually stream all of the pressure sensor data over Bluetooth um, and uh, detect exactly where you are pressing. And for, uh, we have some collaborators who are doing uh, brain implants, for example, and they can stimulate areas of your brain um, that correspond to where you touched on their, uh, on their, uh, on the prosthetic hand, and it'll feel like it's coming from their phantom limb. Wow. So obviously this is getting better all the time. Uh, and where else do you want to take this? How much better can this get? And are there other things you're working on? Yeah. And so where this field is definitely heading towards is uh, more seamless integration with the human body and going invasive, right? So we're talking about like brain implants, spinal cord implants, um, connecting directly to the muscles, uh, integrating these uh, prosthetics with your bones. And we designed our hand to be ready for those systems when it come when they come out, um, so that when we get implanted electrodes that FDA approved and they're out in the market, that our hand will uh, already be ready um, to work with those systems. So. Um, that's one of the areas that we're looking into, um, but also the same technology that we have in our uh, hand for controlling our fingers are directly applicable to elbows, knees, and ankles as well. So we're already thinking about ideas on an ability leg in addition to an ability hand. Very, very exciting. For more information, where's the best place for people to go? Um, so they can check out our website at www.psionic.io. Um, and we're also on all social media channels. Um, we just released that uh, arm wrestling video with the paratriathlete on YouTube. So uh, I would love for uh, everyone to check that out and, uh, you know, give us a like and a subscribe. That's awesome. And we should say that this came out of uh, work through the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Champagne, is that correct? That's, that is absolutely correct. And that's where I did my uh, PhD in neuroscience there um, and a master's in electrical and computer engineering. And this is kind of the combination of uh, all those different um, fields. And so it started as a PhD project and then we spun it off and turned it into uh, a company to help as many people as possible. Again, the website is psionic, P-S-Y-O-N-I-C dot I-O. Dr. Adil Akhtar, thank you so much for taking the time with us. Thank you. Take care. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio, and that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers. And that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand, without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions, too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC SkyWave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com.